0: This is Oasis City Radio Music. A,
1: this is Oasis City Radio Music.
0: Sun goes up, sun comes down, this world keeps spinning around.
1: This is Oasis City Radio Music. 24 hours a day at OasisCityRadio.com. Tune in. iHeartRadio and the Oasis City Radio app. It up. This is Oasis City Radio music.
0: Oasis City Radio.
1: An evangelist. He's gonna have the whole church in the choir. It's gonna be good too. Well, it is a great day to be alive and a great day to be a part of Oasis City Church. Did you bring your Bibles today? Well, if you did, grab them. Uh, if your Bible's your phone, that's fine. Grab your phone or your tablet or whatnot, and just make a good confession today as we dive into the scripture. Say, today I'm learning from my Bible. Because these are living words. These are God's words. My mind is being renewed. And my life is being changed because of God's word. Amen. Woo! It's a good thing. We're going to get right into the scripture. We are in the middle of our um, value series. Um, which is a result of our, uh, new mission and vision, uh, that we have reestablished for the church recently on our seventh birthday. That was just the beginning of last month. Um, and so we're right now going through our values, what makes Oasis City Church, Oasis City Church, um, what do we value, what do we believe, and so you're in the right place today. Uh, before we get to today's value topic though, um, let's reestablish our mission and vision statements in front of us and, in- in our minds, because uh, in a few weeks, um, we'll be ringing your doorbell, showing up at your doorstep, and making sure with our video uh, that you are able to recite the vision and mission statement uh, verbatim. So be ready for that. So this is your practice run. Here we go. Everybody say it twice. Here we go. Empowering disciples and extending God's kingdom. Empowering disciples and extending God's kingdom. That's why we exist. And here's what it looks like. Ready? As a family of many races, cultures, and ages, we are growing together and becoming world changers through Christ. As a family of many races, cultures, and ages, we are growing together and becoming world changers through Christ. Last week's value was that um, it was about family, that God, uh, family is God's idea. Um, he's the one who created it. He established it. And you can't have a family without a mom and a dad. Uh, you can't be born without a mom and a dad. So we talked and touched on uh, the idea of moms and dads, fathers and mothers last week. Uh, today's value is a connection to that because you can't separate it. Uh, today's value um, is God is a good father. God is a good father um, and throughout uh, the scripture um, we see you know this emphasized but unfortunately I feel like the church just in modern times and with with re, you know religious behaviors and patterns that we we miss, the full understanding of that. Here's the value um, that expressed expressed um, in its entirety. Experiencing and knowing God as our true father, just like Jesus did, will change our lives. The message, ministry, and sacrifice of Jesus perfectly revealed this truth. Every person needs to feel, know, and experience the unconditional, extravagant love of Father God. He's a good father, and we can trust him regardless of of our circumstances. That's good. And we'll dive into that today. Um, In the Bible uh, is the word grace. Anybody like grace? Yeah, grace is pretty cool. Uh, Grace is mentioned 130 times in the scripture, 130 times. Um, Anybody like joy? Joy. How many times do you think joy is mentioned in the Bible? 300, 180. Anyone else? Okay, somebody listened to the first service. It is 180. Just kidding. He gets a double dose of joy. Love. Anybody like love? You know, we preach about love. We like to be loved. Jesus loved us. God so loved the world. How many times do you think love is mentioned in the Bible? 200. You're going to go 300. Yes. I'm going to up you a little bit. It's 350 times. 350 times Love, Um Sin. Sin. Uh, we all have sinned. Uh, and we were all born uh, sinners. How many times is sin mentioned in the scripture? 300. Somebody. 1,200. 100. Okay. Sin is mentioned 430 times uh, in the Bible. So I'm just going to give one more word here. Um, the word father. How many times do you think the word father is mentioned in the Bible? 500. 800. Anyone else? 600. The word father is mentioned 1,130 times. Grace 130. Father, a 1, thousand more times than grace. I mean, add a thousand to it. It's crazy. So, since creation, God has wanted mankind to understand what a father is like. And there's the mention of this, the numerous mention of fatherhood uh, thrown not only out into the, you know, human terms or we have a father uh, and sons and daughters and that kind of relationship, but our heavenly father. I mean, this whole idea that we need to re- really, truly recognize who Father is, so that we can really truly recognize um, our destiny and why we're in the earth. We need to understand the Father more than we do grace, and more than we do joy, more than we do sin. We need to understand it, and God is emphasizing this. Statistics also say that we are the most fatherless generation in history that has not lost fathers due to war. I mean, that's a crazy statistic. In all of history, recorded history, that right now where we live, this is the most fatherless generation in history, who have not lost their fathers due to war. That means we're losing our fathers, but for other reasons. And we can't afford, as the church, as the body of Christ, not to not to just recognize that, but to provide a remedy for it, and to recognize what does Father God's heart feel about that, and what's His solutions about that. Let's look at uh, in the Scripture at Ephesians uh, chapter three, um, verse fourteen. I'm going to read this today in the Amplified uh, Bible. For this reason, seeing the greatness of his plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. That Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. It's a really interesting portion of scripture here because not only is it talking about uh the heavenly father being the father of jesus and how we can relate to that but every family in heaven and in earth derives its name its foundation its existence from our heavenly father and and we recognize in verse 14 that he father is the father of jesus but he's also our father too. Say our. Jesus tells us to pray. He says, when you pray, say our father in heaven. He's our father too. He's not just the father of Jesus. And we, we could see, you know, this great relationship that they have and have an understanding of he's our father. There's this idea that our, not just the, the disciples that were living then 2,000 years ago but us today and if the, and, and, and for uh, for all eternity he's our father because he wants to be. because he wants to be. He just doesn't honor Jesus and says, you know me and Jesus were pretty tight and we got this we got this relationship and Jesus ain't looking at, at, at us, the church uh, and in the body of Christ saying, you know um, he loves you, but me, he's got me down, we got this relationship here and and there's nothing that you can do to come close to it. No Jesus says when you pray, say our, He was the first one to say, say our Father, our Father in heaven, holy, hallowed be your name. And even the law, the law that was given, and and the law of the old covenant, even the law is given to protect God's children from the damage of sin. I mean, He even gave it out of His heart. He knew He we couldn't fulfill it, and so of course that's why um, that's why Jesus. Uh, he sent jesus but he knew from the beginning that this was the process but he had to you had to see you had to see what that covenant was like and and the old covenant so that you could really understand the new covenant because without the old you can't understand the new but he's the same father all along how many fathers do we have in the house today natural fathers you got kids okay how many moms do we have House um, Now, I don't know about you, but since my kids were born, uh, they've been asking for things. I mean, even before they had words to describe what they wanted, they had things called wines. Ah, reaching for things. Ah, 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 And as a parent, you, you decipher the wines. You know is what the wine that says, I need out of this car seat, because I just crapped my pants. <laughs> it's different than the wine that says, you know, my sister's touching me. And then and you you interpret the cries from the crib, which is the cry that says, I'm gonna fall asleep, and which is the cry that says, If you don't get in here now. So and our children are always asking asking things of us. Even this week, it was really, uh, or these last couple weeks, it was really evident in our family because yesterday was, uh, our twins high school homecoming and, uh, they had to ask for a uh, certain attire, you know, to wear for the, for the homecoming and, um, and, and guess who pays for that? And, and so they ask in a lot of different ways and, and, and they've, we've always asked kids always ask it now they ask with like cell phones because they'll we'll just get a text message that has you know 24 items that are you know pictures with links to where to buy it i mean it's different maybe than before but but there's a, a lot of stuff and, and then you know in girls they need a whole lot of stuff i mean we got nails on our fingers we got nails on our toes we got eyelashes that that obviously aren't efficient so you need to have different eyelashes Eyebrows that are out of whack so you gotta get the eyebrows in place and, and you have to pay people to do these things so it, it costs money but there's there's an innate thing in children that they expect their parents to meet their needs our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread See, it's a joy for a father to give. And even Jesus is saying, we need to recognize he's not just my dad, he's our dad. And you need to be able to pray like I pray. And you need to see him as a dad, just like I see him as a dad. And you need to see him as a dad that wants to hear what your needs are, even though he knows your needs. And he smiles when he gives you your daily bread. But it's interesting that He doesn't give you uh, your 20-year dose in one dose. I think it's because He wants relationship. And He loves the fact that we can keep coming to Him daily for our needs. He loves you to ask Him for things. See, Father, Son, Holy Spirit began uh, and you know, before there was time, there always was, there's an, always an existence. And, and the, we, we recognize Jesus because Jesus is a man who, um, hundred percent God, hundred percent man. And Jesus died for us. And we see Jesus. We see he's our friend. He relates to us. We can recognize Jesus. He forgives our sins. Um, you know, he cries with us and, and he laughs with us. And, and we have this thing as a Christian that we can relate to, uh, Jesus, but somehow we have this kind of this little mystery here by relating to God and Holy Spirit, and I think it's because we can't see them because they're invisible. But Jesus was also uh, at the Godhead, the Trinity, also invisible. They're a spirit, and then Jesus, God, fashioned a, a man, a body for Jesus to to incarnate, and and forever. There, the Scripture says in Hebrews that that there is a man. In in heaven, Jesus, the man, but, but see, Jesus had to relate to his father, even though he couldn't see him. Just like you have to relate to your father, even though you can't see him. Just like you have to relate to Holy Spirit. Just like you can't see him. And I think oftentimes we we relate to Jesus because he's fashioned and formed and human and in our likeness. And that's true. And that's why he came that way. But it doesn't give excuse for the fact that we just have a relationship with Jesus, but we don't know who the Father is. Hebrews 1 says it this way. Long ago in a galaxy... No. Long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets but in these days he's spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom he created the world he is the radiance of glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature and he upholds the universe by the word of his power Jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power. He is the word and all things are actually held together by the word of his power. That's why we need to understand the word of God. But this, this scripture in verse 3, he, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his, who his father, nature. Jesus is the exact representation of the father. If you've seen me, Jesus says, you've seen the father. And so all the things that we can relate to in Jesus, we should be able to relate to with the father. There's no separation in them. And here's the coolest part of it all is the fact that Jesus is a man and he can only be in one place At one time. And Jesus says, I've got to leave you. And everybody's everybody's tearful about it. They're upset about it. I've got to leave you. No, please don't leave us. You just got here. And he says, what you don't realize is I've actually been here all along. But I need to leave so that someone greater can come. Greater than you? Yeah, greater than me. What do you mean greater than You're the king of kings. Yes, I am. You're the Lord of lords. Yes, I am. You're the teacher of teacher. Yes, I am. Every knee will bow to you. That's exactly right. Well, well, then if every knee bows to you, how is somebody greater? Is it because what you don't get is, is the Father and I are one and the Spirit and I are one as well, and the Father and the Spirit are one, so I have to leave because I can only be in one place at one time so that I can my Holy Spirit can come so he can be everywhere at one time. And because we have Holy Spirit... We can relate to Jesus. And because we have Holy Spirit, we can relate to Father. Because we have Jesus, we can relate to Father. Because we have the Father, we can relate to His Son. They are one. And we can relate to Holy Spirit because they're the exact fingerprint of one another. And it's imprinted upon our hearts. So living in us is the exact imprint of our Father oftentimes we don't recognize father because we measure him based upon our understanding of father by who fathered us in life or who didn't father us who may have fathered us genetically but who didn't become a daddy to us who didn't raise us and maybe you've had multiple dads but let me tell you multiple dads will still fail you they're still they still need a father and you, if you're a dad, you will fail. But you still need a father too. And we need to recognize that that we're not to evaluate our heavenly father based upon our human father experience. But we do. And that's why we need our minds renewed by the word of God. That's why we have to dive in and understand who Jesus is so that we can see the father. Because he is spirit and you can't see him without the son. And recognize that he's been there all along. He has a plan and a purpose for our lives, and we tap into that by recognizing who Jesus is. In John chapter 1, there's a great scripture in verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. For all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, but doesn't God like, doesn't didn't he already have a plan for us? He created us. Yep, absolutely. So we love him because he first loved us. That's right. So God chose us first. Absolutely. So what does this mean? Those who be- receive him, he gave the right to become the children of God. So you don't really understand adoption till you receive it. Even though he chose you. He chose you so you know whose house you're under, your name changed. But you don't understand the benefits of being adopted until you choose Him. That way you can go to Him daily and say, Father, in heaven. That way you can go daily to Him and say, Abba, Father. It's kind of like this. How many of you have a last will and testament or a living will of some sort. You have a will, yeah. It's like, oh, don't say that in church. I, you know, none of y'all are gonna die, I'm just saying. But in, in our understanding of law, human life, family, uh, the responsible thing is to have a will so that if something happens to you before you thought it would, it's clearly stated how your inheritance is split among your children your brothers and sisters and such and so we prepare this for the inevitable that we're not looking forward to necessarily so that our kids can see what we gave them right so our father has a will for us as well now it's different than god has a will for you as in a plan for you a purpose for you God actually has an inheritance for you and I. But here's the difference. He created the inheritance before you understood what it would be like. And you don't have to wait until something happens to find out what it is. Because when you receive him, you are adopted as a son. Which is a positional word. And we are co-heirs With Christ, and Christ received his reward and receives his full reward as his body, his bride, comes into alignment. And so that means that if Jesus received an inheritance from the Father, and we are co heirs with Christ, we have an inheritance but through the Father that you have access to now, not when you get to heaven. I mean, are you just waiting for your inheritance in heaven? I mean, I know you get crowns and jewels and houses and streets to walk on and dancing and worship and all that stuff. But but the scripture saying you're co-heirs with Christ means that it's not just something that you get when you die. You have an inheritance that you can participate in. Now, if you received him, you have actually received the benefits of full adoption. But you, how will you know what that looks like unless you know who the Father is? How will you know what your inheritance is unless you know His nature? How will you know if your inheritance is healing or, or restoration or, or um, um, you know, favor and destiny and gifts and all this great stuff if you don't know His nature? How many of us have our inheritance just lying around like dirty socks on the floor that we do and just don't even pick up? And we treat our inheritance like it's something that's just so sloppy because we don't tap into it because we don't know the nature of the heart of a father. But what does it look like when a tribe of people, a church body of brothers and sisters who recognize that we all have the same daddy... And that we all function in our inheritance as sons and daughters. What does a church look like? What does a, How does a city become transformed when sons and daughters are in the streets going through their daily life walking in inheritance not begging for inheritance? Who actually know what they possess. Who actually know if the inheritance was a debit card that God handed you you would you would know how much money you have access to. And you'd stop just spending $10 at a time. And every time you go to the ATM, the checkout line, you're thinking, I hope this goes through. I have been there. Any of you ever been there at the the checkout line? Like, oh God, I hope this goes through. I think Christians are like that. We pray like that. We pray in hope. Like, well, maybe not full of hope. I hope this prayer goes through. I hope when I lay my hands on this person, something happens. And we go with doubt rather than saying, I am a co-heir with Jesus. And anything that he had access to, I have access to. And it's on my heavenly bank account that Papa gives me. And I'm just going to go ahead as a son. I'm going to go ahead as a daughter. And I'm going to swipe that baby. What was the song that Wilma used to sing? Fred's wife. <laughs> Didn't she used to say, charge it or something like that? Charge it! Wasn't that one? Come on, who said that? Wave at me so I know we're together in this. Ch- yes! Come on, thank you! Now y'all need to go to Netflix and watch some reruns. Charge it! Charge it on the account of the Lord. Ephesians 1 Verse 4, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That's a different sermon. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. You were chosen before the foundation of the world. I mean, that's just amazing that before God created the heavens and the earth, before he created the expansion of the galaxies and the universe that's ever expanding, by the way, because his word is, 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 is a present perfect tense, always going forward. But because of that, before he even had the thought, he created you. Before the foundation of the world, you existed. Our Father thought of you before He thought of other things that we see, the trees and the fields and the, the earth and the planets and the moon and then the stars. He had you in mind because He's a Father who sees the end from the beginning. He's a Father who looks... At you and he says, You're not going to exist until you were born in nineteen seventy five. But I I not only see that, but I see the end from the beginning. And therefore, my inheritance is based upon the end. Because I see it already. And I don't take things back because somewhere along the line you missed it in the middle. Because somewhere along the line you missed it along the way, so this is why the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He's he's not sorry for them. He's not sorry that he made you. He's not he's he's not saying, "Oh my gosh, I'm I'm removing myself from you." Because he already paid the price. Jesus was crucified before the foundations of the world. He had a solution. He had the end in mind. He's he he works differently than we do. We start a plan, we start a business, we start a job, we start a marriage, we start a family. And we go through life on this linear basis of how things are going. And based upon how things are going, it leads to how we think about ourselves, the decisions we make, the money that we spend. And, and, and just like we look at our uh, the last will and testament, there are even people who, whose kids mess up and so they remove them from the will. They take the bank account and they say, I'm freezing it while you're alive. You're 25 and you screwed up and the bank account is frozen. But see, God is, it doesn't work that way. God sees the end from the beginning. And he's not, he's not sorry that he gave you an inheritance, even though you missed it along the way. He's not keeping something from you either. It's kind of like repentance, and, and you know, we have this understanding. This is where we understand Jesus. You know, His blood shed for us, His body broken for us. So we understand the forgiveness of sin. And we come to the cross and we receive Jesus. And therefore, we receive uh, the full inheritance. Uh, we, we're adopted as sons. But we recognize Jesus. And we and when we sin, we ask forgiveness. And we know it's available for us. But see, there's something that's more available for you um, than forgiveness. And that's Repentance. And repentance is changing the way you think, and you change the way you think by understanding the Word of God. You don't change the way you think by Oprah or Dr. Phil or whoever the latest guru is. You don't change the way you think by Pastor Adam or Pastor Bill or, or T.D. Or, or Jakes. You, think, you change the way you think by the Word of God. This is what renews your mind. This is what transforms you and changes you. And all of those people may be vessels that God uses, but repentance is changing the way we think and, and it comes from, the root means going back to the top. It's where we get the word penthouse from, the top floor. And so when you repent, you change the way you think. When you change the way you think, you go back to the top. What's back to the top? Back to the foundation where God knew you before the foundation of the earth and he had a plan for you. You go back to the end by going to the beginning. You go back to God saying I've got this great end for you and when you repent and you change your life you change your ways regardless of where you made your mistakes along the way you go back to the top again and you have access to this inheritance that's not just waiting for you to see if you screw up for it or not. This is the father of Jesus. And That father is our father who makes a way, who gives rivers in the desert, who brings healing in places of brokenness, who restores the lost, who takes things that everybody said that could never be fixed, and he mends the broken. The father that gives beauty for ashes, the inheritance for you, my friends, is so much more than, than... than seeing if you you know want to trading in the Yugo for the Ferrari. The inheritance for you and I, the restoration of understanding the Father's love and His heart, is a revelation of Jesus, which becomes a revelation of the Holy Spirit, because God is a good Father, and He raises us and He loves us, He forgives us and He sets us back on top when we don't understand how we even got there to begin with. I've heard people ask me, well, Pastor Bill, if if you say and others say that That forgiveness is past, present, and future. He forgives me of all my sins, past, present, and future. And you know, what if I do something and I don't have a chance to ask forgiveness about it? And there's all these, all these questions and there's even, you know, debates about it and theological stuff and, and, uh, but you get a glimpse of the truth of this when you recognize that when Jesus died on the cross, your sin was already future. All of your sin was future. You didn't exist on the earth to sin. Because he knew your end from the beginning. Because you were already created from the foundation of the world and he already loved you and forgave you. So you can go on in life without worrying about if you're going to mess up again when you have a renewed mind filled with repentance and you can go and access and recognize that your sin is forgiven and when you screw up you do ask forgiveness absolutely you go but we all have this great high priest who forever makes intercession for us and the scripture says when we confess our sin he's faithful and just and forgives us our sin and cleanses us from all unrighteousness whoa when we recognize that God is a good father we change the way we behave We start doing things because we love him, not because we're scared of him. We start evangelizing and praying for the sick and all the stuff that we just talked about earlier today, Steve and, and, and Tara, and, and, and the encouraging words that, that came forth. We do this because we are passionately in love for him, who he knows he's passionately in love for us, and he loves that other person as much as he loves us. Therefore, we are compelled to have that kind of love towards them. We behave differently. I want to close with um, renewing our minds from the word of God. And then I would love for us as a family to partake in the body and blood of Christ that was shed for us. The Bible, this word here, is a book about a father who lost his children. And he went to extravagant measures to get him back. And recognizing him as a father is what helps us recognize reaching others for him. So if you would do one thing, if you would stand and just kind of put everything down, phone, Bible, you know, all that stuff. If you would stand... If you close your eyes, and I'm saying that just so we can renew all distract I mean remove all distractions, and I want to be able to read the words of Jesus over you and allow his word to begin a renewal process in our minds. For anyone who has looked at me has seen the father. Don't you believe that the father is living in me and that I am living in the father. Even my words are not my own, but they come from my father for he lives in me and he performs his miracles of power through me. Believe that I live as one with my father and my father lives as one with me, or at least believe because of the mighty miracles I have done. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my Father. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to Him. Ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. Loving me empowers you to obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and He will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth. And He will be to you a friend just like me. And He will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and will live inside you. I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. Oh, Jesus, thank you for being the exact representation of our Father. And thank you for sending Holy Spirit to live in us, to bear witness in us, so that we would know the Father as well, even though we can't see him. are coming forward the best gift that the father gave is Jesus and the best gift that Jesus gave was his life so that we can partake baskets are passing now and they have the elements for the Lord's Supper you can just take one because in it contains both the bread and And the juice. And if you would just hold it um, until everyone has been uh, served, then we will receive together upon instruction.
0: What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood. power in the blood
1: Thank you, Father, for the gift of your Son. By the stripes that fell on his back, my body is healed from the crown of my head to the very soles of my feet. Every cell, every organ, every function of my body is healed, restored, and renewed in Jesus' name. Now receive the body of Christ. Lord Jesus, thank you for your precious blood. The sin free, disease free, poverty free, life is in your blood. And your shed blood has removed every sin from my life. Through your blood, I am forgiven of all my sins, past, present, and future, and made completely righteous. Today, I celebrate and I partake of the inheritance healing wholeness and provision receive the blood of Christ the ushers will pass baskets you can place the waste in there let's just continue with this right now in this moment